Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hi, I'm Kylie Merritt, the founder of Ausbiz. Our goal at Ausbiz is to provide you with news and information you can use to make better investment decisions, whether it's live, on demand, in the newsletter or a podcast like the COB. We make it available at no cost to you. The bigger our audience, the more we can invest in great content. So I have a favour to ask. If you could take a minute to leave a review of the COB in the Apple Podcast app, it'll help us grow. And of course, don't forget to catch up with all the best interviews each day at ausbiz.com.au. Thanks for listening. From Barangaroo Studios, the Ausbiz COB is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, hello. It is the 21st of April, 2021. I'm Nadine Blaney. This is the COB and Andrew's here today. How, how was the day, Andrew, for you? It was interesting, wasn't it, Nadine? I've got to say, because we're used to the market going up, actually significant pullback today. Uh, I guess we call it a technical pullback, don't we, at this point? But um, Could have been worse. Been, yeah, could have been worse. Um, well, at least we're saying pullback, not Oh, you know, is a correction underway? I don't know. Look, um, certainly a lot of people have been calling for a, a, a decent pullback because there has been a, a big run-up, hasn't there? There has, but I got schooled just in the last interview I did with Henry Jennings from Marcus Today. I would saying, you know, do you have a little shopping list? Uh, perhaps if there's more, another day or two of selling. And he said, just take... Take a chill pill, essentially, is what he was saying. Don't get greedy. Put it in perspective. There's been record high after record high just last week, you know, for the local market, U.S. markets. Um, you know, we were looking at that pre-pandemic high above 7,000. He said there's not been any sign of panic selling. And that's really the narrative that was coming from a lot of our guests today. Yeah, a bit of a pause, but, you know, technical pullback, it wasn't... It, even volatility just slightly ticked up. There was nothing really to write home about it just yet. Well, I think that's significant volatility because there's been none yeah. in recent times, which has made people nervous. Exactly. Because you know you something's coming. To. Yeah, you get used to it. So, yeah, so yeah but, uh, you know, the, the local market was down close to 1% just around sort of lunchtime. Uh, and it did recover. So finishing in the red, yes, but just down a more modest 0.3%. I suppose you could look to, if I just pull up the market map, you know, CBA ended four tenths of a percent higher csl and that has a big market weighting so that was up by one and a half percent and then in some of those consumer consumer related names are looking pretty good and you've got to take into consideration that we had that retail sales read that beats as well yeah so um obviously retail has been uh, doing very well and shows continuing signs of that Interesting, though, because I mean, I noticed that, that Cara was speaking uh, with Carl Capalinga on the trade and just talking about, you know, saying is, is now an opportunity to buy. Um, he says no, he doesn't find a lot of opportunity there. I mean, Kogan being one of those retailers with perhaps thought it has been sold off significantly, but technically he's saying no, no, uh, now is not the time. The only one he's looking at is Eagers, in fact, and uh, that's probably because of those used, used car sales are still, you know, doing really well. It, that is in the trade. So if you're interested in charts and you're interested in technical analysis, you will want to access that interview via the show notes. Car does this program every day at about 2.40, 2.45. 
and uh, yeah, often delves into the more technical aspects of the market and trading. So there is the plug for for that one today. Akara has written a view in the newsletter today talking about Netflix. Netflix was a big disappointment. I don't know how many how many streaming services do you have at the Gagan household? We're down to two. Really, down <laughs> look, to two. No, no, yeah, we look probably up. We were probably at four at the heart of the pandemic. Yeah. But then we realised, you know what? The more you get, it doesn't mean you get more more quality. Certainly, you get get a bit more quantity, but it just takes longer to find something. Quite frankly, but isn't that a case in point? Height of the pandemic, you know, you're at home, you need stuff to do, and you've pulled back. I've actually just recently acquired a second streaming service, but that was for a particular program. Um, I don't know how long it'll last. Um, So yeah, Netflix is sort of, some saying, is it a canary in the coal mine for some of these work from home stocks? Well, because we're seeing that rotation. Yeah, so absolutely. Those stocks that have done so well, the Netflix, the Zooms of the world. Um, And we were talking about this earlier, that Netflix, bizarrely, in France, is going terrestrial. Um, so it's it's diversifying it because it, it's seeing this coming, isn't it? So what it I, for, I haven't done a lot of reading on it, but it's essentially you turn on your Netflix feed and it's like regular television where you don't get to choose what's coming. Exactly. Up next. It's, yeah, you sit back rather than sit forward. Yeah. You don't, you don't have to do any work. You know how TV used to be. There's a couple <laughs> of ways to look at it. How TV used to be, or yeah. you know, the height of of laziness when we can't even be bothered to choose our own programming when we have the option to. I don't know. I, I think, though, this is sort of taking the conversation elsewhere. One of the criticism of this on-demand culture that we have now is that that leads to those echo chambers that can mean that we're not getting, you know, exposure to diversified points of views and diversified sort of, or a diverse group of, of even, you know, documentaries you used to watch the program well, that's right. it's your you, choice you would isn't have it? to yeah you'd have to be exposed to different ideas and well, it's a bit like newspapers too it's that element of serendipity isn't it you don't know what you're going to get yeah and that was how tv used to be but now you've actually got to do all the decision making <laughs> <laughs> this is what i like so this is what i get yeah, and yeah sometimes it's decision overload by the time you sit on the couch at what eight thirty nine o'clock at night after running around anyways we digress uh we've got links to a few great interviews if you're into the small cap space or if you're into REITs in particular in relation to all of the data that we're getting coming from the housing market. Um, I, I was going to mention um, IPOs. Now, we're going to get to this in a moment because there okay. was, was one that did very well late last year, but it's all come to a screaming halt yeah. today. I'm talking Newix. We'll get to that in just a moment. But we're also talking to Michael Higgins, the portfolio manager at Milford Asset Management, just saying that appetite for IPOs is still huge. People And, and you've got to wonder whether it is all about that pump and dump. Uh, that's where people see the profit right now. So that's why they're trying to get in at uh, at the very front end. Yeah, I had a chat with Nathan Samasundram from Deep Data Analytics. He sits back with all of these new IPOs. Mm. Um, he just waits to see where they fall in time. But in that conversation with Michael Higgins, he does nominate a couple, you know, potential listings that he thinks potentially have legs if you'd like to listen in on that. You can do so via the show notes. But yeah, Newex was the stock of the day. It listed late last year to much fanfare, and then it came out and missed its prospectus guidance in its first, its inaugural half-yearly update. Yeah, that was February, I think. It got hammered then. Yep. Plenty of people we spoke with said, oh, the bottom's in. Yeah, and look at a lot of, well, a couple of broker calls there saying, yep, good time to buy. We see a lot of upside now. But then today... It came out and uh, slashed its guidance. It will not meet the forecasts that have been set out in the perspective, or prospectus, I should say. Not a good look. I mean, that's 
everybody says it's not a good look. But the question always is then, is there value if you believe the fundamental underlying story of the company? So that's the question essentially we put to our guests on the call today, Nathan Somersandram from Deep Data Analytics and Andrew Veitlin from DP Wealth Advisory. Any, any kind of downgrade in the first six months in an IPO is usually a really bad sign. Chances are there's going to be more problems coming through and that's what's been proven. Um, it's, a, it's a phenomenally effective um, tool in looking at how IPOs play out. That's why I actually don't look at too many IPOs. They probably will do better because now the expectations would be set at very, very low levels. But you're coming in a market where techs are coming off and this has got a patchy record at best. So I think things will be will be a bit patchy over the next six to 12 months till they prove a couple of data points. You don't want to jump in till they actually execute and beat expectations. You know, I, I sort of look at companies that come out with profit warnings, regardless of whether they're an IPO or not. And if they come out with a profit warning, there's a 66% chance they'll come out with another one within three months. And here we are. I, I think I want to see a bit more pain here perversely. Uh, I certainly don't wish pain for people who paid $11 for this soon after it listed. That's well below its float price from memory, which is $5.31. I'm, there's sort of multiple amber lights flashing here for me, uh, potentially another downgrade, which is probably would be where I'd be looking at. So at this stage, I am an avoid. Yeah, Nadine, one of those businesses that actually has been hit harder than expected as far as COVID is concerned, particularly as far as because it relies on... Uh, uh, law firms, you know, for a lot mm-hmm. of its business too, and they, they're saying, well, their their reading of it is that it, you know they take a long time to get back to um, to to proper functioning, and and that's impacted the business. Also, the way they bill has changed too. They're going to more of a a SaaS model that's impacted revenue going forward. Although Newix maintaining that's good for longer term growth. Hey, who am I to say? All I know is that I feel for those people that were in at about eleven dollars and didn't get out in time because you know it, it really has been a spectacular story that's brought the credibility of i think not just the company and management but also you know there's some questions being raised about macquarie it still is holding on to its stake in the company but still i mean it was brought to the market and it's not meeting its pers- prospectus forecasts yeah, well, it is out of the osbiz portfolio well, yeah that's right fell out today in fact yeah. spectacularly but just to make that up uh if you'd like to look at that portfolio you can go to um our website and find out the details but we put into gray's mining we put in southern cross media and also i shouldn't say we our expert guests yeah. put in as well a yoji. company called yoji i yeah. had to google it but it sounds interesting we I spoke to them yesterday on air yeah how did i miss that <laughs> i can't be watching constantly i suppose yeah, so, oh, I wish I'd known that. Um, go to our website or the app if you're like me and you happen to miss it, and you can get all the details on Yoji. It's uh, thorny-backed, from what I understand. So, yeah, that rose the interest of both of our expert guests on the call today. Uh, well, that's good to see that we've got three in there. That's impressive. <laughs> I think that's a record. Yeah. Uh, where do we go from here, Andrew? I mean, it, a lot will be determined by what happens in the U.S. session tonight. There's no headline economic data. We're in the block blackout for the U.S. Fed, so we won't be getting any Fed speakers. Earnings, there's not, you know, those big tech names that really sort of resonate here in Australia, but mm. from, from earnings season, I think it's input prices, it's signs of inflation, if these companies think they're able to pass it along to American consumers, and then, you know, guidance going forward. Yeah, and, and those uh, those bond yields, particularly with the 10, not 
really giving any direction to the market either. So it is going to be fascinating just to see how sentiment plays out, given what we saw overnight, given what we saw in Australia and Asia today, whether that gathers momentum that uh, you know we do get that further pullback. Well, we will see. Bright and early tomorrow morning, we'll be speaking with Brian Nick, Chief Investment Strategist at Naveen. We'll also be speaking with Angus Wright from Tribeca Investment Partners. Always a good chat there. That's you and I at 9, 10 a.m., Andrew. Looking forward to it. Yeah, okay. So we'll say goodbye for now. There's obviously a whole host of guests that we're looking forward to tomorrow. If you have the newsletter in front of you, you can also... Click on the link and listen into a bit of a, a webinar we did yesterday in tandem with Morningstar. It's called Macro to Micro, the Australian Equities Outlook. If you like small caps, uh, there'll be something in it for you there. Uh, I wish you well tonight. Have a good one. Thanks, Nadine. Have a great evening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.